0: Hey, it's actually a good morning. It's about ten AM Pacific time. Thursday, August 19th, 2021. We're gonna talk a lot about Biden. and eh, not a lot. I don't wanna talk about him as much as I have. I just it it's not fun. He's 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 less fun to talk about than Barack or Michelle Obama. Certainly. I don't know if he's as bad as Hillary Clinton. She's always one that can make you feel nauseated. I mean, just now I got a little sick saying her name and somebody interviewed her during all this bullshit, which is amazing. I mean, what what did elephant ankles have to say? I guys, if you want me to update you on Hillary Clinton on a regular basis or even at all, it it might not be the right show for you to listen to. Um, I just don't want to ever bring any relevance to that woman in any way, shape, or form. But, <clears throat> you know, Biden was interviewed last night. We'll talk a little about that. We're going to talk about what we expected, the media's response in helping Biden, right? We No matter what he does, he's not Donald Trump. And that is all that matters to them. That's all that matters to the left. Donald Trump will be the standard by which every Democrat presidential candidate and maybe some Senate and governors, he will be the standard by which every Democrat evaluates a candidate in those large high-powered offices. It's Trump derangement syndrome. It's, it wouldn't go away even if Trump did. It Imagine spending five years of your life finding a way to hate someone in a new way every day. It's and you're dealing with people that are emotionally imbalanced a bit. Anyway, there's something wrong with people who are never consistent and always making emotional decisions. There's something wrong there. I mean, these are not people you want to work with, work for, or have work for you because they're going to make terrible decisions. And we're seeing that right now. They certainly vote that way. But let's start off by thanking Donald Trump. Because as much as it was devastating to not have him as president, and we're seeing it now, we've been seeing it, I don't know, I mean, what, two days after Biden was inaugurated. But look at the behaviors of conservatives and really just, you know, liberty-loving Americans out there. Look at schools. With all of these COVID restrictions that school boards are passing in defiance of their state governors, parents are fighting back. I don't think the parents feel empowered. I don't think these parents feel they would have a forum had it not been for the presidency of Donald J. Trump. It's fantastic to see. You have what could have been just universally accepted by people out of, you know, our nature to just want to move on. Okay, wear a mask, son, wear a mask, honey, I'll wear a mask. It makes absolute no sense. There's no science backing a crowded, jam-packed school hallway that tells me or tells any of us that masks would protect our kids. But we'd probably do it anyway. Maybe maybe I wouldn't. Maybe a few of us wouldn't, even without Donald Trump. But MAGA Nation is still intact. And you, I love to see the videos. I love to see the fighting back and calling out these weepy teachers on social media who have no business weighing in on this. They have a goddamn job to do. Your job is to educate my kid. And furthermore, what I love to see, it's not just COVID. We see the parents fighting back on curriculum. We see teachers quitting over curriculum. We see teachers, we saw one today, and there's a teacher who just posted, she's putting her neck out, telling her students that I'm not wearing a mask and I decided to get vaccinated and I will keep you as safe as I can. And we're going to enjoy being in school again. And I haven't monitored the social media response, but I guarantee you a solid percentage are sociopathic, psychotic death wishes. We talked about this yesterday. They're nuts. They always were a little bit nuts, but Trump broke them. Right? Just like Kathy Griffin. He broke me but our team knows we are right and they are wrong we're not just debating we're not tolerating this nonsense and the parents are going into these school board meetings and making it hell on these diplomats on these stuffed shirts who want to be in control that's why they ran right that's why they want to be in public office that's the sad part about it is most of them just want the power They enjoy the opportunity COVID gave them to tell you and me what to do. But thank you, Donald Trump, for that. We know what strong looks like, especially when we've had Joe Biden for seven months. And, you know, let's say Jeb Bush had been president instead of Donald Trump. We'd still know what Biden is doing is terrible. But what a contrast we have with Donald Trump. I mean... Nobody for a moment thinks we'd be where we are now in Afghanistan or the economy with inflation, with oil and gas prices. Nobody seriously would tell you we'd be in the same place if Donald Trump had been reelected. And so the rhinos, all those Republican rhinos, thank you, Donald Trump, have had to take notice. Now, on camera, they're not changing their tune. Liz Cheney, Kinzinger and all these guys, they're, they're never Trumpers. Right? They hung in with that. They've made their bed. And there's always going to be a place for them in Washington. But because they're anti Trump, they're really anti and against the DNA of what the Republican Party is now. And the Republican Party isn't perfect, it's got a long ways to go. And I have problems with some of the so called leaders not doing enough to paint all of this Afghanistan disaster and other problems on Joe Biden on a daily basis. But my boy Tom Cotton's doing it and McCarthy's always out there. Gates has what might be some legal problems. I have not had a chance to look at that, but I doubt he's going away. And of course, we've got DeSantis and uh, the governor of Texas, Abbott. These guys are empowered. And I don't think any of them, the rising stars who would want to be president, and I think would be great candidates, are going to stand in the way if Donald Trump runs for nomination, because he will be nominated. Donald Trump, whether he has a chance to win or lose in the general, will be nominated. And I think Joe Biden is going to do more than enough to get Donald Trump over the hump in a fair election. There's a good and a bad to this, right? With Biden doing All he's done in just less than a year. We've got three years left plus of him and Kamala Harris and the academic vanilla stuffed shirts they hire on their staff. And that's military leadership included. But the positive is they're just going to do more to entrench us. Not that we were doubting that we knew what was right in voting for Donald Trump, but it's going to make the case even stronger with those middle-of-the-road people that I will never understand, right? We talked about the 40% on the left. They're not going anywhere. They're not changing. They're going to scream. They're going to show up to vote no matter who is on the Democrat ticket, especially after the Donald Trump era, right? Trump does help a little bit with liberal turnout, but he is not, he is not going to lose ground with African Americans, not with what's going on right now, not with inflation and how hard that's gonna hit the black community and black businesses. Small businesses are taking a hit right now. They are having a hard time getting workers that they can afford, you know? I mean, a lot of times you run a small restaurant, minimum wage is what the the servers are gonna get. It's all about tips. And so we have more of this for people to marinate on the next two and a half, three years when our boy starts running again and the Republicans start running again for president. Of course, I believe we're already going to see positive results in the 2022 midterms. And we have Donald Trump to thank for that. If he stays with his occasional message and as we get to campaign time for 2022 and he gets out there and stumps for Republicans and those Republicans win on his coattails in the Senate and in, in, in the House Donald Trump might just be unstoppable. The only thing and they're going to try is to do something to him in court, right? Like the Southern district in New York on some kind of financial campaign. They're going to do what they can to put a charge on him so that he cannot run for federal office again. That won't be the end of Donald Trump. Okay. That'll just be federal office, president of the United States. That is their hope and dream. How do I know, when we all know they they would be afraid of the idea of Trump being president again, but we're already seeing, you know, with Afghanistan, this has given us an opportunity to remind ourselves what the media is like, in the term Trump-like. So put that in quotes, Trump-like, as a description of anything Biden does poorly. I'm already seeing it, and it's very deliberate. What they're doing on Facebook, on Twitter, in every form, of social media and every news app on the left is they're trying to remind people or trying to tell us, hey, this would be just as bad as Trump. And they're criticizing Biden. They're saying this was a terrible interview. This was a terrible statement. It was so bad, it was Trump-like, right? See what they're doing? They can't let go of him. They can't risk anybody forgetting that Trump is a Nazi that Trump was the worst president ever, that it's not debatable, that only their perspective matters, not the people who did well in the economy, including African-Americans and Hispanics who had record unemployment. They don't matter. Remember, these are the white leftists. 99% of the reporters using this new term, right? And this is why we know the media colludes. You will hear Trump-like. If Rush Limbaugh still had a show, you would hear a montage, a loop, of all of these different journalists dropping that term. Right now it's in social media and it's their way of saying, no, no, I'm being critical of Joe Biden. But they they know if we don't bring Trump into this, Trump is going to gain power. What they've never learned is by criticizing Trump and being obsessed with him, they're giving him power. They always did. How Trump responds matters. That's the Trump 2.0 I want to see. I don't want things to necessarily change. I want him to be strategic in his response and not always right away from the hip. There's a time for it, and he's the best at it when he's on. But Trump-like mistakes, that is the new term. It's going to catch fire, and it's the first step for them taking Afghanistan off the table as a story. Right now, I I haven't checked in a few minutes, but the last time I went to the CNN news app, there was nothing about Afghanistan on the cover, on the homepage of the app. So they're already starting, right? Biden did what he was supposed to do. He gave them something to talk about with COVID, okay? Even though there are thousands of Americans trapped in Afghanistan, unable to get to the airport, the press that have been so loyal, not really to Joe Biden, but loyal to hating Donald Trump. They can't help themselves. Watch it. It's predictable. I know these people. They're a mess. And the only thing they're consistent in is their hatred for Donald Trump. They're never consistent on an issue, never consistent on principles, but boy, they hate him. And I love that about him, right? I mean, in all this, this eviction a moratorium talk, I'm like, With or without it, you guys can't evict Donald Trump from living rent-free in your heads. He just dominates him. He doesn't have to do anything. And the idea of Donald Trump is dictating their every move and every story, still seven months after a different guy took the White House. And what's amazing now, too, is they're finding and reaching positives, right? They're going to find anything. And you should see it. If you can stand Twitter, you got to love it. You go to Jake Tapper who was one of the biggest anti-Trumpers. I mean, he he hated two scoops. He hated how Trump walked. I mean, this guy was, you know, Jake has that perpetually constipated, concerned look on his face. Got to give credit where it's due. He's been all over Biden for this, all over his, his staff, his administration. Go to his Twitter page and take a look at the leftists begging him for what they're referring to as fair coverage. These... These media left-wing personalities are for once calling out a Democrat president. They they would never do this if it had been Obama. They're finally doing it on one issue, on just one issue. And it shows you what people have become accustomed to. They're asking for fair coverage. They want to know why they're not plastering that supposedly 6,000 Americans were evacuated from Kabul, airlifted out yesterday. Now, that number starts chipping down as I read through the thread. It's more like three or 4,000. And then you see, oh, great first step. Oh, we're on our way. Just, a, just another week. And I'm there to remind them, uh, those were the people that made it to the airport. Thousands upon thousands have not and cannot. And there's fresh video this morning of just chaos, gunfire, beating, dirt flying right outside that airport in Kabul. You want to bring your kids down there because the embassy in Kabul sent them an email, said, make your way to the airport. Do what? What are you going to eat on the way or when you get there? Is there water? What supplies do you have until you get into the airport? We've airlifted a bunch. They're there. No one's going to starve if you make it to the airport in Kabul. All the roads leading to that airport are controlled by the Taliban and they're back at it. They are going around in rounding people up. They're asking about collaborators, right? True Nazi fashion. Who collaborated? Right? Who's who's working with the Americans? Who worked with the Allies? They're taking names. God knows what they're gonna do with those lists when we are finally out of there. Right now we have more troops there than we have had in years, as part of this rescue operation, as part of this botched retreat, because that's what it is. We have lost. But what happens with these lists to these people? We're not; These aren't American citizens we're talking about. We're talking about the good people that did stand and fight with us. You know, the ones that Joe Biden is calling out for not doing enough. They have contributed a lot of blood to fighting the Taliban and winning Afghanistan. The Afghani people have. And it's disgusting victim blaming that Biden continued to do in his interview. We saw the full one. I watched some of it and I'll talk about it in a bit. And he's calling these people out. He's bus tossing them. They're not going to be able to get to the airport, some of these Americans. That right now is what has Kamala Harris afraid. It's not out of concern for anyone's life. It's the image of what's going to happen when rogue Taliban, right? The the Taliban does not have some central command structure and daily briefing and orders being disseminated amongst the ranks and down to the troops on the ground right? This is a tribal structure. Yeah, there's some president right now of the, what is it, the Emirates of Afghanistan, the Islamic, and it can't help that, right? It's got to be Islamic with these guys. It has to be, because that's their goal. They're already saying in interviews, we want the whole world to be under Islam. That's you and us. So well, It's not going to stop. But they have no structure. There's nobody telling these savages who are taking wives, women and children women and daughters, young girls, as wives, to say, hey, we can't do any executions yet. They're not waiting. They've already done it. They're already doing the soccer-cricket stadium thing on a small level. What happens when the gloves come off? When these guys who are bullshitting our State Department finally say, hey, we, we did the thing. We, did what, we said what we need to say. We, we, they know us. They know these diplomat academics, these feminists, are going to actually buy into the, the idea that the Taliban has changed because they've released some statements. I can tell you right now, it's chaos and hell there. Like none of us, most of us could ever imagine. I couldn't. Just seeing on video clips, I can only imagine what I'm not seeing. And it kept me up last night. But that doesn't keep Kamala Harris up or Joe Biden up or anyone on his staff up. What keeps them up is the real damage. They don't know what it's going to be to their political careers and their prospects for power. That's why Kamala is off the reservation and in Vietnam and Singapore the next week and a half. I mean, getting 180 degrees away from the Middle East, this issue, our border crisis, somewhere some few hundred thousand. It's over, it's like in the mid, it's like 150,000, I think, illegal aliens crossed the border in July alone. What in the hell? And they're being dispersed all over the country and they're not all bad people, but some have COVID. Most don't have any kind of job skills or education. They're all getting on public assistance. You and I are paying for them. We can't help everybody and we certainly can't have an open border, but we have an actual insurrection in Afghanistan. We actually have one. The Taliban has committed an actual insurrection but they're still on Twitter. Donald Trump isn't. These questions I'm asking or these points I'm making are, actually, are going to make these moderates question Joe Biden heavily. He is losing support. He's dropped seven points in a Reuters poll that just came out and had him at a 46% approval. I see that dropping even lower. I, I see him in the low 40s getting back to that 40% number. He's not going to break that. Donald Trump is the reason Joe's never going to drop below 40%, ever. There are people that will give him a strong approval rating no matter what, without getting too crude or gross, run the gambit of ideas, think about the things that Joe Biden might have done that we don't know about. And I'm telling you right now, these people will still give him a strong approval rating. So let's talk about the interview. Because that, uh, that's certainly not going to help the next approval ratings poll. Interview was released today, I believe. I think we saw clips of it yesterday with George Stephanopoulos, good old George. He did his best to seem objective and seem tough, but it's it's not something he wants. He doesn't want to hurt Joe Biden. He's going to go through the motions and do anything he can to help. But it was a terrible interview, even by Biden's standards. I mean, Biden does not give a good interview, right? He doesn't give one that comes across as professional or measured or stable at all or coherent, but even by his standards, this was bad. He he this is an interview where you know the questions ahead of time. It's pretty much scripted, the basic questions. And he still stammered. He still struggled to be measured. He got, you can tell he's visibly angry. And he, you know, he tossed the military under the bus. He's basically saying this is Afghan's fault. It's our military. And after a few days ago saying they were surprised, now he's saying it was inevitable. This chaos was inevitable. It's not anybody's fault. This is what was going to happen. There's a few press outlets trying to float that. There's going to be, you're going to see analysis. They're going to do what they can from an opinion level to cover that, but no one's buying it. And what's worse is he's contradicting the chairman of the Joint Chiefs, General Milley, who is still saying, we were surprised. We are stunned. So if it was inevitable, then why is this a surprise? That's a massive contradiction and it's being pointed out. People are, are asking, wait a minute, dude, you guys are still fumbling this message. You're, you're clearly trying to spin something that just can't be spin. That's one thing these people just never learn. And they're Republicans alike. There they are some things, some travesties, many crises that cannot be spinned. You got to eat it and you got to fix it. They can't do it. Too many people on that staff that have never had a real job. They're not problem solvers not in a crisis. These are people that do investigations, do research, write papers and present them. That's who's working in the situation room right now. Okay. That's who's deciding what to do next. And you can see it when they do these press conferences, they don't have a plan. Okay. So if this was inevitable, then there should be a plan for what happens after like getting your fucking people out, dude. So you're saying it was inevitable that upwards of 40,000 Americans would be trapped in an Islamo-fascist nation? I'm sorry. I mean, that's, that's not acceptable. That's not believable. Okay? It wasn't inevitable that it went like this. It, it, again, Biden is our friend in one thing. The more he speaks, the more damage he does to himself and to the people who surround him and have aligned themselves with him. The guy's a gift when it comes to that, right? He even played the Bo card. His, his son, Bo, Bo Biden, the good one, the one I'm sure Biden late at night has thought, the one that shouldn't have died. Bo Biden died of brain cancer. He was a military officer. And uh, Biden brought him up in the interview. And it was, I don't know what he meant to say. And it wasn't that he was emotional talking about his son. It was just a ramble. There's transcripts of it that I've read. I, I don't even want to read it. You, I don't want someone coming into the podcast at this point and thinking that I have dementia. Because they're certainly not going to listen anymore. Or maybe they would. I don't know. People are weird. But he played the bow card. He sounded, on that part, he sounded intoxicated. And it makes no sense. And, of course, George moves on. That's what's like Don Lemon during that town hall. It's like, I'll give you a little assistance. And the best thing we can do is eject from the shit show on this question and move on to another question. At least we get a fresh shit show. And then it's like a series of shit shows all combining into one shit show of what is referred to as a town hall. But nobody on his staff had a plan for any kind of response for this crisis. And Joe Biden is making that very clear. It's amazing that he didn't even say we had a plan and it didn't work and we're making adjustments. This is how these things are. I mean, this is basic stuff if you're somebody who is proactive, there's always risk in doing something like withdrawing from a country. How you do it matters. And you have what's called contingency plans when things start sliding sideways. If you don't have any plan, then there's no contingency plans because there's there's no contingency plan for a plan that doesn't exist. There's no algorithm like if this, then this. There's no algorithm. There were no ifs asked. There were people that doubted this one-way route that Biden wanted to go, which is basically leave, pull out the military without worrying about American citizens left behind in a country that's wide open for the Taliban. So yeah, I think they were stunned. I think that is true. I don't think they had good intelligence. And that's why somebody in, in Intel leadership, CIA, NSA needs to step down or be fired fairly soon. I mean, they're trying, you know, he's, he's stuck with whoever's running the show now, but these guys, you know, the secretary of defense, somebody's, I can't imagine that there's not a resignation of some kind of somebody falling on the sword because what's happening is people are calling for Biden to resign, which we know is not going to happen, but to appease them and to calm the waters and to throw an underhand pitch to the press who don't kid yourself are still aligned with him they're going to they've got they've got to fire somebody somebody's got to step down so that don lemon can get back to saying why joe biden's amazing and why he's no longer trump like right they've got to give them something to focus on and say okay they're fixing the problem because the press knows they've got time to put this in the past and do damage control for joe biden there are meetings happening right now Where prominent members of the media and their staffs all over the country, all over the world, are discussing what they need to do to rebuild the legacy of Joe Biden and the Democrats. What they don't know now is when to do it, because this is uncharted waters for them. They haven't had something this bad happen to a Democrat post-Trump, right? Because the Trump factor, like I said before, is really where their panic is coming from. It's their obsession. So that's why they know they have to do damage control and they're figuring out what they're going to do. They just don't know when they're going to do it. And I don't know either, but it's going to be sooner than any of us can imagine. Fuck, it could be tomorrow. So there, and again, Trump-like and burying the story, covering it less is how they're going to start, right? They're going to ease the pressure. They're going to give Biden more room. They're not going to ask him tough questions at some point. It's going to get easier and he doesn't, and they're not going to even question him for not answering questions, Right. He's walked away from the press twice, one at once after doing a useless, completely pathetic COVID briefing, if you want to call call it. So they are um, they're panicking, right? They're panicking because this could be Donald Trump's return, and there is nothing they would they would rather. I'm going to say this, and I would say it to their faces. They would rather all of the remaining Americans in Afghanistan die at the hands of the Taliban than have Donald Trump re-elected as president. Bank on it. That's the level of sociopath we're dealing with. And it's a lot. Millions. Deep down in places they don't want to talk about at parties, they would rather all of those Americans die. Because in their warped morale system, which they don't have, their warped sense of logic, that is a, that is a worthy sacrifice in place of having somebody as evil as Donald Trump, as racist as Donald Trump, as homophobic, as bigoted as Donald Trump as president, that it's nothing because they'd sacrifice more. Nothing of themselves. Right. Reminding you again, these are liberals. They don't do anything that impacts them or hurts them, but they love leveraging other people. They love using other people. Right. To get their policy wishes. Right. As long as they're whatever they're voting for doesn't affect them. They're cool with homeless encampments as long as it's not in their neighborhood, right? They want to legalize, they'd legalize every drug if they could as long as there are no crack whores in their neighborhood, right? They're the most racist. They're the ones that get, believe me, you go to the Northeast. They're the ones that don't want black people or brown people in their neighborhoods, but they'll tell us how we're racist if we don't have more in ours, which is something none of us conservatives give a shit about either way. Just take care of your yard. I don't care what you look like, who you worship, what you do behind those closed doors. I don't care what your spouse looks like. Just cut your fucking grass, right? You can be the nicest person on the world, but if your yard looks like shit, I don't like you, right? You could be a total asshole, looks funny at me, but if your yard looks nice and you don't drive like a prick when you come into the neighborhood, I don't care about anything else. I don't care what you're doing, how you're living, as long as it doesn't impact my liberty or my happiness, right? And even then, I only deserve so much happiness. I mean, I don't want to be a total, you know, totally selfish about it. But they are going to tell us what we need and what sacrifices we need to make. And again, I'm being serious. They'd kill them all. They'd let them all die if it ensured that Donald Trump wasn't going to be president. Of course, if anything happens... (laughs) and is documented and is caught by the media, caught by social media and seen by Americans, if anything happens to any of these citizens who have been left behind and abandoned, then I think all bets are off for the Biden administration. I mean, you're, you're gonna see the left leaning Democrats in Congress start realizing that I can't, this is not a guy I can be associated with in my campaign. Because remember they're running for reelection every two years in the house. So how many of these Democrats in red or light red states are going to want anyone from the Biden administration around when they're running for office again? And I mean, so, and I don't. I don't, I mean, I I don't care so much about defeating Joe Biden that I want anything bad to happen to an American. This is sad that we don't have people going in to rescue them. I mean, from what I've understood, the French and the British have special forces, have military going in behind enemy lines, right? Plug there for the show. They're going behind enemy lines and rescuing their people. Maybe we're doing it too, but I mean, if there are stories and, and and there, you know, the known stories about British paratroopers doing it, I think we'd know about Americans over there. We've got troops over there. I'm sure we've sent special forces into the region. They're there. They're holding. But do you think Joe Biden's going to green light it? I don't think he takes the risk because if any of those guys get killed and the operation goes bad, he's going to have to own that too. I think it's worth it in some cases. I think if people are being threatened, if people are hiding in their homes, we have to be willing to go after some, I mean, you're going to kill some Taliban, right? You're going to, you're going to take some guys out potentially to get them out. Maybe you won't, right? They can't be everywhere. If you can get a, if you can get a verified location on people, let's start getting them. Bring in the helicopters, you know, the, not the Blackhawks that we gave to the Taliban by leaving behind. We don't have to go after those, but I'm sure we got some left. I'm sure we have some helicopters over there that aren't being tested by the Taliban right now. What a mess. But, um, you know, we'll see. It doesn't get any better each day. Watch it. You'll see little positives coming out. The press is going to do what they can to perform CPR for Biden and his administration. Shifting gears, um, You know, I've promised a little bit uh, each day or some updates on these audits. Really, the Arizona, the Maricopa County audit is the only one that has sustained, you know, the test of time. I have mixed feelings about it. I don't think Mike Lindell, the MyPillow guy, is really helping. Maybe I'm missing something. I think he's um, using the audit and his involvement in the audit as a, as a, Advertising and marketing opportunity because now you're fundraising for the audit fight when you order sheets, right? The Giza sheets, which aren't that good, just throwing it out there, haven't had a great experience with them. Um, Mike Lindell's a great American, has a great story, but I think he's over his skis on this. And I think because he was kicked out of a number of retail outlets, he certainly needs to make up that business through his online orders. And sure, he's probably donating a percentage of every order to this audit fight. And people are brand loyal to My Pillow. He's done incredibly well. It's a great story made in America. This is giving him a chance to keep his brand out there and grow his business. And I don't blame him for that. I just don't like where this might go. And that is nowhere. We already have the benefit of the audit. Arizona has passed legislation laws to make their election more secure next time. Now what they're doing is looking at these forensic audits. And apparently... Um, again, this is from Gateway Pundit. I look at some of these websites for ideas to research on more credible journalistic websites. Be careful. Gateway Pundit is one of the better ones, you know, but there's these tea party deals. They, they, these guys are amazing at making their site look like news and they're, they're spreading false information. I mean, they have like PowerPoint slides that they're trying to make look like actual press releases from Maricopa County. I mean, they're they bold-faced lying and they're killing our cause. But there's money in this. There's It's clickbait. Gateway pundits so far, heavy lean to the right, but they're not making stories up. But they are interviewing people I'm worried might be making stories up. So this guy, Jovan Pulitzer, um, you know, interviewed by someone named Lisa Alford, says the Arizona audit report will be delivered to the Republican Arizona Senate on Friday, that's tomorrow. Now, results will be earth-shattering. Uh, you and I all learned our lesson a few, you know, months back after the election. That even when some good news would come out, nothing shattered the earth. Giuliani didn't shatter the earth. Those Sydney, what's her name, the lawyer, there was no crack, um, there was indications of things that were done poorly. That's why Fulton County has a bipartisan panel realigning how their elections I just almost said erections and I can it's an explicit show I mean it's maybe it was more of an Asian way of saying elections I swear I wasn't thinking of anything other than elections when I said or started to say erections but they now in Fulton County which is like that's like 11 percent of the vote in Georgia comes out of Fulton County that's Atlanta if I remember correctly that election board is going to be run by Republicans, as I read it now. That is, they're going through major changes. And even the Democrat over Fulton County uh, said a couple months ago, hey, we, we had things that weren't done properly. Now, I don't know. It, it hasn't been shown accurately enough yet that those improper procedures led to any votes not being counted or votes, even worse, being changed in favor of anyone, Trump or Biden. But there's definitely smoke there as to impropriety, not yet fraud. Um, And so that's good because we know if the Democrats are running an election, something shady is going on. What impact it has, I don't know. Unfortunately, where it's needed as bad or even more is Philadelphia. But because they have a Republican governor, nothing, no legislation that anyone tries to pass. There's a lot of strong Republicans there. It's not going anywhere. It's not going to be signed. But Arizona apparently is delivering an earth shattering result via their forensic audit. Again, everything Maricopa County says is all of their equipment was air gapped and not uh, connected to the internet and that it's impossible that anybody hacked it while on the other side, they're claiming China had access. Again, what did China do with it? I don't think anything. I think it was just to download information, which would be horrible if they got their hands on voter information whether it's one or a million people. Maricopa County is massive. That's Phoenix. Mar- you know, how the state goes is where Maricopa County goes in an election. So, you know, it is probably the last thing we're going to talk about. It's um, something I'll open and say tomorrow's Newsday on Real Talk St. Louis is going, this guy in, Jovan told Joe Hoft, who's with Gateway Pundit. No, no. I don't know. I don't know why they mentioned St. Louis here in 93.3. Joe Hoft is with Gateway Pundit. But there's, I think, a link to the interview on Gateway Pundit. Um, but yeah, Joe Hoft is the brother of the founder of the Gateway Pundit. And so apparently, um, during the discussion, Pulitzer dropped a couple huge bombs. One, he told Joe Hoft, Arizona forensic audit report will be delivered to the Arizona Senate on Friday. He said, the results of the audit will be earth shattering. shattering." And they say they'll post audio when it's available. So if you have nothing better to do later, be careful of going down this hole because I don't even get remotely excited when I read this. I am tired of people overusing the term. One, it pisses me off. You know, stop using awesome so much. Like everything's fucking awesome now. I tell my kids, you know, getting pizza for dinner isn't awesome. Okay. That word used to mean something. Now I can't even use it. Well, earth shattering. I mean, think about what you're saying. It's so big, the earth will actually shatter. And believe me, there are enough liberal tears that would occur if something came out that could actually shatter the earth. It's physics. There are that many. Don't expect it. Don't get too excited about it. Finally, Facebook is going to face another antitrust lawsuit. I think it's actually a revival of one that was thrown out earlier this summer. But basically, they bought... WhatsApp, you know, they own WhatsApp and Instagram and the lawsuit, um, is stating that they're basically just, we're buying competition. I don't know. I know WhatsApp is popular for communication. You know, all you need is Wi-Fi. very big in the international community. I don't know what else you can do on there. Um, Instagram is, you know, I mean, is it competition to Facebook? Yeah, it is, but we'll see. I love nothing more than Facebook having to lose money on lawyers. But it's a drop in the bucket for them, and I don't think it's going anywhere. But I thought it was worth mentioning. Uh, I appreciate everyone tuning in. It's early. If things move in a way that requires, an, you know, an urgent update, I'll provide one today. Again, it's you know, it's August 19th, and it's almost 11 Pacific. So we got a lot of day day left ahead of us. A lot of things can happen. And if I think it's relevant to share and something you'd want to hear while you have nothing better to do, like driving. Uh, then I'll certainly share it and I'll do a 15, 20 minute update later this evening. Thank you again for tuning in. It's great being on. It's great to see more people following and, and really um, downloading. We're already up like 300% from our highest early this year. So I'm going to continue to do what I'm doing, trying to improve, trying to get better. Again, follow us on Twitter at Behind Enemy Lines Radio and have a great day and we will talk to you soon.